Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Thanks for joining us on the Places Where We Go podcast. And before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a really quick thank you and shout out to Regan and Allie at the Wanderlusting Wives podcast. They recently hosted us on their program where we had a chance to talk about using genealogy to influence and guide travel. So we invite you to pull up the Wanderlusting Wives podcast, and you can listen to our story on their episode 2.7. I'll drop a link in the show notes as well. Last time, we started our Wyoming series with a trip to Fossil Butte National Monument. Today, we're going to drive up Highway 89, to Grand Teton National Park. In today's episode, we're going to explore why this Grand Park is such a special place, from breathtaking mountain peaks and stunning glacial lakes to miles of trails and abundant wildlife. Grand Teton National Park is a place that offers something for everyone. Grand Teton National Park is located just north of Jackson, Wyoming, and it offers 310,000 acres of land for you to explore. From lush valley floors to mountain meadows, alpine lakes, to these majestic peaks of the Grand Teton mountain range, you can spend several days here just seeing something new every single day. It's a great place for nature lovers, as we are, and people who enjoy the great outdoors. So as we're taking you on our Wyoming road trip, our two main draws for visiting the state were Grand Teton and Yellowstone National Parks. As part of our Wyoming National Parks road trip, we journeyed from Fossil Butte National Monument via Highway 89. We spent the previous night in Afton, Wyoming, and in the morning drove into Jackson Hole. It was just about two hours from Afton. And for more information about Fossil Butte National Monument, you can catch our last episode where we talked about that. When you visit Grand Teton National Park, one of the first questions you need to ask is, how many days should we stay there? We decided to devote three days to Grand Teton for this part of our Wyoming trip. And with that, let's take a dive into the highlights of our trip. Yep. We started with an arrival into Jackson Hole. We arrived late morning, checked into our motel, which we'll talk about later, and set off exploring straight away. Our first stop was the Jackson Hole and Greater Yellowstone Visitor Center. Very helpful staff there. They helped us get situated for our first time in the park. We took a few moments to look at the few exhibits inside that focused on elk and the area's wildlife. And Grand Teton is home to such an amazing diversity of wildlife, including moose, elk, and bison. Very common to spot these animals grazing on the park's lush meadows or along the banks of the glacial lakes in the park. 
One of the volunteers when we were there had a spotting scope on the back patio area, and um, it was set up where visitors could view the antelope that were out in the distance. So we took a moment to look through the spotting scope, and it was kind of neat to see them grazing in the distance. Mm-hmm. And like always, I also made a point to get my National Park passport stamp. and That's a must. Then we were on our way. We started our drive into the park from the visitor center. And one of the first things you'll see is these very well-photographed majestic peaks of the Grand Tetons. There's a pull-off from the main road where many, many tourists with cars and buses pull over to admire this iconic spot in the park. So, of course, we pulled over and we also took photos. We had to take our turn getting a shot with the National Park sign that said Grand Teton National Park on it. And beneath these beautifully majestic snow-covered peaks, which this was in June, there was bison grazing in the meadows just below that. So it was the perfect picture spot. So a little bit about the park. It has eight mountain peaks that rise over 12,000 feet in elevation. The three prominent peaks are the Grand, the Middle, and the South. And that's the iconic shot that you always see from the mountain range area. All of these peaks are best viewed from the park's west side. And the name Grand Teton comes to us from the French-Canadian trappers who gave the mountain range its body name of Grand Tetons, meaning big breasts in French. i never seen a three-breasted woman, have you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but I have seen some Teton in my day. (laughs) None as big as in Wyoming. (laughs) The French-Canadians. (laughs) Gotta love them. Last episode, when we were in Fossil Butte, we mentioned that I had started to move very slowly on our hike there. Early in our Wyoming trip, I came down with some kind of a bug. Mm -hmm. It was slowing me down, but no matter, we were on vacation, going to make the most of it. That's kind of our, both of us have that idea that we are there and we're going to do it and there's not much that's going to keep us down yeah so one of the really nice things though that came in really handy for my situation was the fact that in grand teton national park there is what is called the 42 mile scenic loop drive and after we saw the grand teton range got in the car and i said julie take the wheel Mm -hmm. and drive me around Mm -hmm. and we spent hours driving around in our car admiring the beauty on this 42 mile scenic loop drive it was perfect for the type of day that i was having so julie you took the wheel and we spent the bulk of the day just rolling through the park the 42 mile drive was one of the things to do that was recommended to us by the rangers when we stopped at the visitor center so i thank them also for that recommendation And they noted that this journey usually takes most people about two and a half hours. And in fact, I remember when I was looking at our original itinerary, I had this on there and I only gave it like 90 minutes. I thought it would be something that we just get in the car, zoom around the 42 miles and be done in 90 minutes to two hours. But I guess we're not your average tourists because we made lots and lots of stops. Yeah, that's what lengthened it. 
Yeah, so I mean, there were so many places to pull the car over, do some short exploration, take some photos, and we're kind of the mindset of when we're doing road travel in a car, if there's a place to stop and you know look at a little closer along the way, we pull the car over, get out, and do some exploration. So for us, the 42-mile scenic loop drive became a six-hour journey. The views along the drive were spectacular. We saw wildlife roaming in the park when we were driving around, and I think we had a few pull-offs just to look at them. And that makes for a great afternoon. So I think I would recommend, especially if you have the time, if you're not on a, a time crunch like one day only in Grand Teton National Park, Take your time on this drive and get out when you have the chance because there's some really, really cool things to see. A few things we're going to talk about. But again, it's a great way to see the park without hiking, without kayaking, if you just want to drive around. This is probably one of the best national parks that we've been to that offers that length of stretch of drive where, you know, there's a well-maintained par- road. And, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As, a, as an example, like as an opposite, I think about a place like Zion that, you know, once you go from the east entrance to the west entrance, it's nowhere near 42 miles and it doesn't take you six hours. I mean, you can probably zoom through that pretty quickly. Yeah, and it's just this one section right. of the park. Yeah. So I think, you know, a really nice long stretch of road in Grand Teton. And with that, let's talk about a few things that we saw and explored during this drive. One of the things we saw was an old log cabin that was in the middle of an open field. This was the J.P. Cunningham cabin, which was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1973. It's one of the few remaining structures from the homesteading era and a great place for your camera. The site was once a profitable ranch until drought ruined the crops and cattle prices plummeted at the end of the World War I era. Mr. Cunningham teamed up with 97 Valley ranchers who petitioned the government to buy out their land and make it a national recreation area for public enjoyment. Thank you, Mr. Cunningham. Very smart. Very smart. And the picture-taking opportunity is amazing. Mm -hmm. Another place we stopped along the way was the edge of Jackson Lake on Catholic Bay. The Chapel of the Sacred Heart was built in 1937 and is a mission church of Our Lady of the Mountains, Roman Catholic Church, that is in Jackson. This is an, a mission or an, uh, something that was built that's connected to the church in Jackson. And we stepped inside the quiet chapel for a little bit of quiet time. Outside there were pleasant views of Jackson Lake. It was right there outside the uh, the windows and doors of this little chapel. The chapel seats about 115 people, and there are weekend masses that are celebrated here from June through September. During the 42-mile drive, we also stopped at the Craig Thomas Discovery and Visitor Center in Moose, Wyoming. The second visitor center was typical of such places that you find in our national parks, and it's one of four visitor centers in Grand Teton National Park. At the center, you can find ranger-led programs, exhibits that explore the themes of the place, people, preservation, and mountaineering. They also have a collection of Native American Indian artifacts from the Vernon Collection. And inside, you can watch a 24-minute high-definition movie, Grand Teton National Park, Life on the Edge. 
And we have a few more things to share with you of our time exploring Grand Teton National Park. But what we did to kind of split up our time in the area is day two, we kind of devoted to checking out the city or the town, I guess you'd call it, of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So let's turn our attention to Jackson Hole. Jackson Hole is a wonderful town. It is very touristy because of its proximity to the Grand Tetons. So you will find times, especially in the summer, where it is quite packed. One of the must stops when you're visiting Jackson for a photo is under those antlers at the Jackson Town Square. You can spend several hours browsing the nearby shops and the art galleries. There are quaint shops where you can get souvenirs, of course, buy Western-themed goods, Western-themed art, jewelry. I stopped at a jewelry store, as a matter of fact, and I bought a Wyoming charm for my Pandora bracelet. Bracelet's getting heavy, isn't it, Julie? <laughs> it's Well, we're on number two bracelet yes. at this point. At 6 p.m., we had a great time watching a gunfight recreation show that they do in the town square area. Um, you, If you're interested in that, you would check in with the visitor center to find out what times they do yeah. those type of shows. A lot of fun. Yeah. And there's a few museums in town. So if you enjoy small town museums, pop inside the Jackson Hole Historical Society and Museum. These are two separate facilities, a couple of blocks apart. One ticket will get you into both buildings. They're on the small side, but if you like history about areas like this and old Western history, you're going to learn things from a few different perspectives. You can learn about the area's Wild West history via artifacts, photographs, and historical narratives. From Native Americans to cowboy pioneers, the museum preserves the historical story of this part of Wyoming. The museum also schedules walking tours of Jackson and hosts local author talks. So check their calendar to see if any special events are on during the time of your stay. If your itinerary allows, you might also check to see what's playing at the Jackson Playhouse, also in town for evening entertainment. All right, so we just explored Jackson Hole, and now we're moving into day three of our Grand Teton visit. And this is the day we decided to go on a hike, and we picked a hike to Taggart Lake. So these lakes that are in this area, these glacial lakes, are one of the top attractions in the area. They are absolutely gorgeous. They mirror at certain times of the day the mountain range that is near it, and you can get the most incredible pictures, and people do. They look for certain times during the morning, usually it's the morning, for those mirrored looks of the mountain range within these beautiful glacial lakes that are in the area. So whether you stroll around these Grand Lakes as we did, or you go for a kayaking adventure, the grandeur of these lakes at Grand Teton will surely leave you with an immense lasting impression, except if you have the flu. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, and this is why I'm having you speak about this hike. I think this day must have been like the culmination of my bug. And for whatever reason, I have so little memory of the hike. I know we did it. I have the photos. We, yeah, I was there. Yeah, you started but, off, and I remember being really worried, and I actually posted something about you walking hmm. 
off on starting this hike. We're starting the hike and uh, you had a fever. And I was like, why are we doing this? But I could not stop you. You were bound and determined. Yeah. You were not going to be stopped. Yeah. So I think like out of, we've had so many visits to national parks, just about everything in my lifetime I've done in the national parks, I have a memory of this hike to Taggart Lake. You're going to have to remind me what that was like. <laughs> Good thing we took pictures. Yeah. So if you're going to spend a few days there, then this is at least one of the hikes you should take. Grand Teton is the home of 240 miles of trails that offer these amazing breathtaking views all throughout the park. And whether you're a beginning hiker or you're an experienced alpinist, there are trails for everyone here. From easy day hikes to great multi-day backpacking trips, the Grand Teton has something for everyone. So we recommend that you get on the app called All Trails to find a length and difficulty level suitable for you and maybe some options as we did that can come in handy as we needed to shift to something slightly less strenuous for our hiking day. And so I'm really, really glad we did that because yeah, we not, knew you weren't doing great. Yeah, this was not going to be a 10 to 14 mile hiking day for me. Yeah, and we made that adjustment. Yeah, yep. But nevertheless, it was a beautiful hike. Mm-hmm. So eight minutes up the road from the Craig Thomas Discovery and Visitor Center, we arrived at Taggart Lake, and we took the hike from the lake from that trailhead. So the lake is very close to this visitor center, and you find that trailhead, and off you go into the wilderness. We did have, an. it's highly recommended that you bring bear spray. And both of us did have that. It was about a one and a half mile hike to the lake on generally an easy trail. This is one of these places where you can see some beautiful reflections of the mountains and the water that I spoke of. And it was nice to spend some time relaxing at Taggart Lake once we arrived. We saw such incredible beauty. I saw you were, and and maybe this had something to do with it, I think your mindset was, I just got to get to the destination. I got to mm-hmm. get there. So I think that kind of clouded your yeah, memory. That's probably heads to, down, let's just, uh, yeah. just moving forward. Yeah. 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 So, and I kind of saw you doing that because most of the time I was watching you because I was worried about mm-hmm. you. And then we had to get back to the car. So you can either go back the same way. And it seems that that's what most people did when they were hiking back. But there is another way where you continue the loop trail, and that makes it about a 3.9-mile, very enjoyable hike. And it was just a nice day. It was a beautiful day, regardless of the fact that you weren't feeling well. But I can tell you from watching you that you did enjoy it. I have the photos to look at. Yes, you do. You have the photos, but you did enjoy it, and you were taking many photos. I mean, needless to say... Lots of hiking opportunities in Grand Teton. This is one of the hikes available on the shorter side. So if you want to get to a lake, not hike for many hours, this is a great option. And if you want to do something that's going to be a fuller day experience, lots to choose from as well. So for wildlife lovers, Antelope Flats is another area nearby, as is the National Elk Refuge. Hikers can also consider exploring the Lawrence Rockefeller Preserve And if you do, recommendations are to arrive early. 
And at this location, you can hike to Phelps Lake and walk the Lake Creek Woodland Trail. So a few more hiking options in the area. We're gonna move now into just some of the logistics of our time in the Grand Teton. So lodging, we stayed at a place called Antler Inn. And I think one of the things you find when you're looking for a place to stay in Jackson, this is a place where lodging can get very pricey. So we ended up booking a stay at an older motel. It's not the kind of place we usually stay at anymore, but we were trying to watch our budget. This was within budget. It was an older place. It wasn't bad. No, I mean, it served the purpose. It had beds for us. Yeah. You know, the purpose wasn't to stay in the, the motel and the lodging area. Purpose was to get out. So, yeah. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah. But the location of Antler Inn is fantastic. So it's very close, walkable to the main town square. Mm-hmm. And there's many amenities within walking distance. So if you want to walk to local bars, restaurants, or a market. You can do that from Antler Inn. Again, it's somewhat of a dated place, but if you're looking for something that's somewhat budget-friendly, this is a good option in town. And another thing you're going to want to do when you're in town, of course, is eat food. So let's talk about some food. (laughs) Julie. For breakfast and our morning coffee, we recommend Persephone Bakery. We got some homemade granola and yogurt to start our day. They had some good coffee. They also had a variety of unique breakfast options and freshly baked goods. Yeah, I was impressed with them for breakfast. That was a nice place. For lunch, one of the places we enjoyed was Hatch Taqueria and Tequilas. It's one of the better Mexican restaurants we've experienced. We had tasty black bean enchiladas. Julie had smoked salmon tacos. Where else do you see that? You don't see smoked salmon Mm -hmm. tacos on menus very often. Quality of the food was great, and they offer the largest tequila menu in Jackson, if that floats your boat. If you're interested in brew pubs, we enjoyed the Snake River Brewing Company on the southern end of the Jackson downtown area. We enjoyed chard, broccolini, and tomato soup before our mushroom lasagnette. And if it sounds a little on the unusual side, it was, and it was delicious. We had some beer, of course, and we sipped the triple black diamond beer. The brewery is a two-times winner for small brewery of the year and a nice vibe and a good views of the mountain. So it was, it was very nice. Yeah. And then dinner one night, we ate at Gun Barrel Steak and Game House. Place definitely has... A big Western vibe, hugely popular because it was, uh, the place was packed. And for us, we usually take full restaurant tables as a good sign that it's a good place to eat. We ended up eating some trout with lemon and garlic mashed potatoes here. And if you're a carnivore, which we are not, you're going to find an incredible amount of entrees to choose from at this restaurant. Service is excellent. Again, Gun Barrel Steak and Game House, popular for dinner in the town of Jackson. And with that, it's time for Fun Facts. I love Fun Facts. The first American to pass through the region has a stone named after him. A man named John Coulter was a member of the Lewis and Clark Expedition. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's best remembered as the first known person of European descent to explore the region. The stone is named the Coulter Stone, and it's a piece of rhyolite discovered near Tetonia, Idaho, 
on the west side of the Teton Ridge in 1933. This stone is displayed in one of the park's museums. Yeah, and speaking about Lewis and Clark expedition, Julie also has family history connected to Mr. Clark yes. of Lewis and Clark. And I think we went into that on one of our Montana episodes. Uh-huh. So if you want to hear that story, you can go back in the archives, listen to our Montana series where Julie speaks about her connection to William Clark. Next on the fun fact list, let's talk about presidents. So who was the first president to visit Grand Teton? Do you know? Well, the correct answer is Chester Arthur, who did so in 1883 when the place was just wilderness without any roads. Other presidents to visit the area included Richard Nixon, Jimmy Carter, and Bill Clinton. And here's some interesting trivia. I I didn't know the answer to this. Which president has visited the most national parks? Do you know? The answer is Barack Obama who has visited 30 national parks and has helped the National Park Service campaign to encourage Americans to find your park. And he has some um, TV show or something on Netflix. I know you had some episodes up a couple of months ago. I saw a ago. couple episodes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 and just he just talked about the parks and the opportunities for the public. Another fun fact. A wealthy philanthropist helped to create Grand Teton National Park. In the 1920s, John D. Rockefeller Jr., son of the Standard Oil founder John D. Rockefeller, agreed to acquire 1,000 acres of the land near Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and to donate it to the federal government for a national park. Rockefeller then formed a company called Snake River Land Company, which purchased property around Snake River and then donated the land to the government for the national park to use. Grand Teton was established as a national park in 1950, and in 1972, Congress established the John D. Rockefeller Jr. Memorial Parkway, a connection between Yellowstone and Grand Teton. If you're a movie fan, it might be interesting to learn that John Wayne made his acting debut in a movie called The Big Trail in 1930, which was filmed in Jackson Hole and the Tetons. Jackson Hole Airport is the only commercial airport in the USA located entirely within a national park. And a fun fact about wildlife. You can see many species within the park, including bears, bison, moose, elk, and pronghorn. And did you know that pronghorn are the fastest land mammal in the Western Hemisphere? They can run at nearly 70 miles per hour. Grand Teton is also home to the smallest bird in North America. The Calliope hummingbird weighs less than one-tenth of an ounce. That's, like, ridiculously little. (laughs) And it's also home to the trumpeter swan, which is the largest waterfowl in North America, found in the park here at Grand Teton. So let's talk about a few tips that may help you when you visit Grand Teton National Park. The biggest one is book your trip months in advance, if not one year in advance. Lodging and the campgrounds sell out very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. Pack warm clothes as this area, the nighttime can reach below freezing temperatures even during the summer. This park has experienced heavy snow in the midst of summer on the 4th of July, Mm -hmm. so... Bring your warm clothes, even if it's summertime. Plan for an early start to get stunning landscape photographs and to see the most wildlife. 
And by early, we mean before 6 a.m. And if you want to get some great photos of the wildlife, because they're usually going to be a distance away, if you have access to a telephoto lens, you're going to want to bring that with you. If you have a DSLR camera, sometimes you can even rent those lenses if you don't want to uh, make the expenditure. There you go, a few tips for visiting the park. And with that, you know, that kind of rounds out what our three days in the park looked like. On our way out, we did drive on the John D. Rockefeller Jr. Memorial Parkway, which is, uh, you know, the way you get out up north to get into Yellowstone, which will be the topic of our next podcast. And the parkway is also a location where you can get another National Parks passport stamp for your book. With so much to see and do in Wyoming, it's easy to understand why so many people choose this state as their destination for an unforgettable road trip adventure. From exploring iconic national parks like Yellowstone and Grand Teton to experiencing authentic cowboy culture, there's something here for everyone. Nearly 4 million visitors come to the Grand Teton each year. If you get to Grand Teton or other sites in Wyoming after listening to this podcast series, we'd love to hear from you if you could just drop us a note at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. So we hope this episode's helpful to you for planning a trip to Wyoming. If you're not subscribing to us yet, it just takes a moment to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite source for podcasts where you can catch our future episodes. And you also have access to our archives, which are now approaching 100 episodes. So lots of places that we've discussed. And you can also subscribe to our travel stories and information on our website, theplaceswherewego.com. And join us on our next episode. We're going to hop in the car, drive from Grand Teton north to Yellowstone National Park. We hope you join us on our next episode as we continue our epic Wyoming journey through America's cowboy state. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One, the number one. And you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube where our channel name is The Places Where We Go. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at the places where we go. See you next time. Bye now.